welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. Good morning. Well, it's very exciting to be preaching in the building, not just to a camera anymore. Although with the camera, you could press stop and start if you made a mistake and there's not quite that luxury here. So we'll just have to roll with it. I'm preaching on Psalm 37, just on one verse, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now recently, Sam and I have made a bold move and decided to switch up our phone situation. We both felt we were just spending a bit too much time on those little screens and have a desire to be um, more physically present, a bit less digitally present. So we've been examining all the options and Sam made the very bold move to get a light phone. I don't know if any of you have come across a light phone, but it is basically a glorified calculator. You can call, you can text, set an alarm, you can listen to podcasts, but it has zero capacity to be a time waster. It's a very useful tool. I have found it a much more complicated process because I still want Google Maps, I still want WhatsApp, but I don't want to waste loads of time. So anyway, after weeks of umming and ahhing, I decided to get rid of my fairly new iPhone and switch down to an old one, which will hopefully be more of a tool than a toy. And I have to tell you, I'm not very delighted with my new old phone. It is so slow, and the battery just disappears in like two hours. It's not what I'm used to. Um, The picture quality is awful. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted that functional, but it is not delightful. But, you know, it occurred to me, this phone came out in 2013, and no doubt it was so delightful that year. It was brand new, you know, it was state of the art. The the picture quality would have been awesome, high speed. I'm sure I had one. I'm sure I marveled over it. I'm sure I found it um, amazing. But it is just so like the things of this world, you know, they come and go. Seven years ago, this was state of the art technology and now it's a piece of ancient technology. And I'm just reminded, these things that they that delight us and grab us are not forever. Not so with the Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this psalm has been speaking to me so much recently. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I used to think that, I think when I heard this verse over, over my life, I've just thought, oh, loving God, knowing God, that is delighting in God. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. But the Holy Spirit has really spoken to me recently that actually delighting in God is way more, way more than that. It is, it's intentional. It requires something of me. It is an active thing to delight yourself in the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, um, on our summer holiday, we went down to Formby, where we haven't been before, um, and it was a sunny day, and along with the rest of the northwest of England, we went down to the beach. 
The queue to get into the car park was phenomenal. And then I'm sure you've all been being far more local to Preston than I am. But then there's this massive car park. And we came, we were with extended family. We had bags of sandwiches and beach balls and umbrellas and babies and just so much stuff to like lug through the car park. It just felt like an epic thing to get to the beach. And as we got to the end of the car park, you come to the dunes and you know that on the other side of that is the sea. But we came to the dunes and there was a sight there that shocked me deeply. There was a family sitting there in the car park, on the sand, but still in the car park, eating their lunch. And I, I just was like blown away. I was like, these guys, they've, you know, made this trek, paid the expensive National Trust fee to park their cars, presumably, carried all their picnic gear, and here they are, so close to the sea, but they've stopped and eaten their lunch. And very judgmental of me, I presumed it was because they just couldn't be bothered to make the effort to cross the dunes and get to the beach. C.S. Lewis said, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Now I relate to this so deeply. The world has got so many good things to offer us. So many appealing things to waste our time and distract us. There are so many mud pies out there, you know, that are so can grab us in. For me, big time wasters are my phone, hence the desire to downgrade. Eating my feelings, you know, when I've had a rough day with the kids, I just dive into a big bar of chocolate. It's the truth. Um, sleeping through my alarm clock. Those are just a few of the little worldly quick fixes that I go to rather than going to Jesus. I am far too easily pleased. I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure you can think of those things for yourselves. Now, in Galatians, Paul talks to the church about what true freedom is. And he talks about this struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The spirit, the new man, the new woman, the part of us that is made alive in Christ. That part of us is hungry to be with Jesus. It's hungry to be like him and to walk with the spirit. But there's also the old part of us that is pulling us back, that is still satisfied by those cheap delights, those quick fixes. And the struggle is real. And I was really chewing over this recently because I was, I was saying to God, like, how, how is this? How does this work? How do I walk in freedom and know, you know, know the freedom of the Holy Spirit while still dealing with these struggles? And actually, God led me to this psalm, which, which is why I wanted to share it today. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It was a light bulb moment for me because I realized delighting yourself in the Lord is not passive. It is not just um, being a passive part of relationship with Jesus. It is an intentional 
action. It is a military campaign against all the allures of this world, all the, all the joys that the world offers. It is to delight yourself in the Lord is saying, I will not find my joy in internet shopping or alcohol or late night TV binges. It is saying, I will delight myself in the Lord. I will strengthen myself in the Lord. I will not be satisfied by a picnic in the car park. I will push on to the sea. Now, delighting yourself in the Lord, I am learning, is extremely practical. It, it requires work on our, on our part, and it's things like getting up early and spending time with Jesus. It is growing in prayer, reading the Bible, meditating, putting worship music on. Through the ages, followers of Jesus have been practicing disciplines which will keep them alert and awake, which will sharpen their spirits and to help them stay in that place of delight in Jesus. There's that expression, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I honestly think it is a complete load of rubbish. Connectedness, closeness, intimacy makes the heart grow fonder. The more we know, the more we want. As we choose to draw near to Jesus, we will find our delight in him. We move towards him and we delight in him. Delighting yourself in the Lord can also look like saying no. Sam and I have said no to our phones because they were just too delightful. They just consume too much of our delight and our energy and our time. There's a phrase, the way you spend your days is the way you spend your life. It's so challenging. Are we spending our days on cheap counterfeits? Are we spending our days on quick delights that add up to a lifetime? Every choice matters. As I'm, yeah, Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. These cheap delights are not worth it. They're not worth it. As I'm speaking, things may come to your mind that are distractions to you. It will be different for everybody. It could be Instagram, pornography, alcohol. The list goes on. Whatever it is, it could be exercise. Whatever it is, it could be good. But if things are taking our delight and our time, they are not worth it. Don't settle for mud pies say no to the picnic in the car park. God spoke to his um, people in Deuteronomy. I'm just going to read it to you. Look at what I've done for you today. I've placed in front of you life and good, death and evil. And I command you today, love God, your God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, regulations and rules so that you will live really live, live exuberantly, blessed by God, your God, in the land he, you are about to enter and possess. I think sometimes we feel like we have so many options open to us and we feel we can do it all. But the reality is there are two quite simple choices. Choose God, choose life, or choose death. We want to be people who choose life. The second part of that verse is, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, the more you think about something, the more you become fixated on it. This is very real for me and in a very embarrassing way with cheesy American box sets. 
This is a thing of the past. It's not an issue for me anymore. But for many years, I was so hooked on teenage sitcoms. I say a thing of the past. I'm talking like 18 months ago. It's not like ancient history. Where I would be so, be watching, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I'd be so desperate to see the next episode, I would maybe have it on in the kitchen on the iPad while I was cooking, and the kids are chatting away to me, or um, when the kids were younger, I would definitely take every nap time to watch trashy TV. I would be like, oh, next episode, next episode, even though that meant more important things had to come next. I was hooked, and I wanted to see what was next in the storyline, and actually, that became my priority, practical or not. The same is true with Jesus. The more we fix our eyes on him, the more we want him. He becomes the desire of our heart. There's this wonderful line from an old hymn. Some of you may know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That says it all, really. As we choose to delight ourselves in the Lord, we choose to fix our eyes on him. He becomes the desire of our hearts. As we discipline ourselves to find our delight in Jesus. Now, throughout the Bible, there's so many lines about, about God drawing near to us and God coming close and God giving us his presence. But what I've, I've realized is many of them have a clause, which is the part that we play. For example, God says in Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. These things are not passive. We are called to delight in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our hearts. God knows that what you need more than anything in the world is his presence. You were made for God. You are, that is where we find ourselves, where we find our home, in God's presence. But we will not find it looking in the wrong places. He's promised that as we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. Also, God knows that we were created to be like him, and he wants us to grow in him. When God made Adam and Eve in the garden, he made them in his image. And you and I are literally image bearers of Christ. That is our destiny, to be like Jesus, to reflect his glory. And in that letter to the Galatians, Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. He talks about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I have found it so frustrating in my life knowing that I am an image bearer of Jesus, but not seeing those fruits, not seeing the reality of having self-control and patience and kindness. And um, it, it's really hard. We know God's making us like him more and more, but sometimes it's like, why are we not seeing that, that growth in our lives? But I think the answer is in the next chapter, Galatians 6. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, 
eternal life. Every choice we make is sowing a seed and we get to choose whether we sow in the spirit and see that growth in our lives or whether we sow in the flesh. John Mark Comer says that everything we do is spiritual formation, whether that is binging on Netflix or reading the Bible. The choices that we make add up to the, our life and the kind of person that we are. It's really worth thinking about the kind of life we want to live and the kind of fruit we want to harvest. If we delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. He will give us the rest and the peace and the joy we've always longed for. We will get to walk in his presence and we will look more like Jesus day by day. So that is my encouragement to each of you and to myself, is to make the active decision to delight in the Lord, to pursue him above all else. And he is true to his word and he will give you the desires of his heart, of your heart, which is also his heart as we become more like him. So I'd love to just take a little bit of time now just to, to be in his presence and think, let him, let the Holy Spirit whisper to you, what is it that you maybe need to lay down? What is it that is a distraction to you? He longs for you to be with him. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.